Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. Hi 
guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show where I welcome Adam Smith. And Adam is a psychotherapist who helps his clients repair their attachment wounds. He teaches them to open up to others, find their voice, receive the love they've always wanted, and live without fear. And today, Adam and I talk about repairing our attachment wounds and also a little bit about the anxious avoidant dynamic in that negative cycle. And I really enjoyed this conversation with Adam. I have pages of notes. I know you guys are going to love it. Lots of really valuable, actionable tips. If you haven't taken an attachment style quiz to understand your own attachment, we have links in the show notes to do that. So I encourage you to maybe pause this episode, take a quiz so you understand your attachment style. Usually they're they're short and easy, and, and then you're going to have a better perspective with all of the super actionable advice that Adam gives. We've covered attachment in past episodes. If you're curious about that, we'll also have the links in the show notes for those episodes. As always, we really appreciate you guys tuning in sharing the show with your friends and family, and enjoy today's episode. Hi, Adam. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Thanks for having me here. I'm looking forward to this. Let's jump right into it. What are some of the major attachment wounds? And then we'll talk about how we can begin to repair them. Yeah, sure. So uh, everything I'm going to share is based on my 15 years of training and experience. I can speak anecdotally about a lot of what I've seen and, and some of what the research shows. So um, through my years of working with people, first I was a therapist, now I'm a coach, I have noticed a lot of people tend to fall in the same patterns over and over and over because they learned certain skills to survive when they were kids in certain types of environments, earning their earning needs, uh, earning good boy points and nice guy issues, um, earning girl good girl points and, and making him happy so he'll never leave her. And it really boy starts boiling down to, do I believe I can open up and trust other people and connect with them and just ask for what I need and everything will be mellow and it'll all be cool, no burdens, no madness, no one's, no one's yelling at each other. Can I just ask and be honest or can I not? And if the brain says, no, I can't, if you learn as a little kid that you can't, then your brain makes a key decision that you never really look at ever again. You just assume it's a gospel truth of the universe. Something is wrong with everybody on earth or something is wrong with me. Either I don't deserve to be loved or no one else on earth is capable of love, right? One is anxious attachment style, myself, I'm the problem. And avoidant attachment style, everyone else is the problem. But whatever the reason is, I can never open up and ever get this scared again, this exposed again, this nervous and worried again. I can never be this open and transparent ever again, or I will get hurt or destroyed or abandoned or betrayed, or I will lose everything. So I need to create a constant system of earning what I want from other people so that they will just give me what I need without ever realizing that they're giving me what I need. And that is attachment at the heart of it. When you grow up, you carry that forward into your romantic relationships and you don't act with other people. You act upon other people or you let them act upon you, hoping that they will act upon you graciously and lovingly. And that's where so many people go wrong right there. Let's focus on each attachment style. Secure, we can kind of table because those, <laughs> those secure people out there, unless there's something you want to address, but... uh 
I, I'm not saying secure attachment has it all easy, but if you're anxiously attached, if you're avoidant, there's going to be some things that are harder to navigate. So what are some of the common anxious attachment wounds that come up? They feel like a fraud all the time because they are breaking their core values to please other people. They're always afraid of abandonment. A lot of my clients come in and they say, Adam, I have a great marriage and I am always, always terrified that it is one step away from exploding and dying. And I worry my partner into the ground every day by asking them if they really, really love me and when they're going to get tired of me and leave me. And they are always waiting for everyone else to get tired of them and leave. They have to do 10 nice things for you, hoping you'll figure out one thing that they need from you and do it. If you don't, they first, they blame themselves, blame themselves, blame themselves. Then it grinds them into the dirt. So they start getting resentful over the years as they feel like they've done something you should earn. You should have given them something back by now. And, and they just never can be happy with themselves because they never believe that they deserve love. That's the anxious style that I see. The avoidance style is the opposite. It is the, the default belief nobody else on earth is capable of love. So I got to manage other people and make them feel good so that they'll do what I want and won't betray me. But if that's not enough, some avoidant people flip to the other direction and say that I'm going to apply bad feelings and I will punish this person so that they do what I want because I've done enough good things for you. You should have reciprocated by now. And they, they move their partner more like an object. They do what you call love bombing, usually, where they saturate them with amazing feelings at the beginning of the relationship to mimic being in love. And it makes their partner fall in love. And then you pull away because you get scared. And, and some of my clients come in who are avoidant and they say, I just can't handle confrontation. I can't handle other people begging for needs. They smother me and I have to run. And then when I run, they get scared because they think you're they're they're losing you for some reason. They chase you. And then you you freak out more because you're feeling smothered. So then you run even more and that freaks them out more. And this is why the avoidant people and anxious people drive each other up the wall because they don't believe love is possible, but they crave it. And they're also constantly chasing and running and chasing and running from each other. It just, this is this is what leads to most divorces. I was a licensed marriage and family therapist for years before retiring to coach now. And I saw every divorce I saw, at least one person had an attachment issue in there. And that was what broke up the marriage all, over time. I want to talk about the the anxious avoidant dynamic, but let's table that for now. We're going to revisit it. Let's focus on anxious attachment and someone that's listening that I identifies with this attachment style. We'll put links to some quizzes you can take online if you haven't already and you don't know your attachment style. What can someone that's listening anxious attachment style do to start to heal those wounds, to start to feel more secure? Very good question. Oh, very good question. So I, I teach people the 10 steps to fix it. Um, so in my attachment boot camp video course that I sell, the very, very first step is identifying your core values of who you even are. The problem with so many anxiously avoidant, anxiously attached people is they've never really sat down and said, who am I? What are my core beliefs? What's my honor code, right? What is? What are the three guiding values in my life that I never, ever want to break, that I admire and would make me respect myself and that I probably break every single day because I'm too afraid to build boundaries or to Tell people who I really am. You know, honesty is, is my most important value and I never keep it because I am always hiding the truth or lying to people because I feel like a fraud. And so I hate myself or I let other people push me into things I don't want to do 
core values is number one. You must identify them. And it's really hard for a lot of people with anxious attachment to do that because that's the reason they don't like themselves very much is because they violate those so many times. When you identify your core values, then you say, okay, what do people really want from me? Well, securely attached people, people that are, that are loving, that will give me love, that it's not a game, real people in my life who will be genuine with me. They want me to be consistent with my core values so that they can trust me to be reliable and that I am who I say and that I'm not going to blindside them. That's really what they want from you is your core, consistent core values. When you can start saying that, okay, that's what people want from me, but what do other people want from me? Well, people that will just want to use you and use your insecurity against you, they don't want you to have core values. So they'll get mad when you apply them. These are the people you've been endlessly pleasing by breaking your core values is the people who didn't like you anyway. They just wanted to get things from you. So you you flip that switch and start applying boundaries in relationships, saying, I'm really sorry, I can't do that because it's going to break my core value of right compassion or honesty or whatever it is. I have to be honest. But then when you start opening up with people and saying, I'm sorry, I, I have to open up and be honest with you because honesty is so important. So I'm going to tell you about my insecurities. I've been keeping a secret. Can you still be my friend, even though I'm this insecure? You can cut the overthinking that runs you into the ground. You can push back on boundaries without feeling like a jerk. And then you can build deeper friendships that really show you that people actually love you. And that really is the pathway to fixing anxious attachment. As someone starts to do this and implement those boundaries, I imagine that's going to be scary. That's going to feel very vulnerable. How's this person going to react? Are they going to, if it's your partner, are they going to leave me? That's like the whole thing, right? That's why it's hard to do that. What would you tell that person in order to gain the courage and, and to stick to those boundaries? Well, two things. One thing, when, when most people come into my coaching, they are used to high levels of anxiety every day and they think that's normal. So sometimes they'll say, yeah, my anxiety is like one out of 10. It's actually seven out of 10 for most people. But theirs is one out of 10 because they only have a tiny window of anxiety. Um, fixing your anxiety and learning to manage it so that you can have the conversations is mandatory at that point. But it's not the goal of fixing the anxiety. The anxiety is there because you're afraid that you're going to be abandoned no matter what you do and that being honest and being you is going to ruin your life. That's where the anxiety usually comes from. If you can manage that enough to open up and have the conversations, that's what will kill the anxiety over time as you prove that you are not worthless and that people won't abandon you. That's what will end the anxiety long-term and decrease it down to actually, you know, maybe... 10% of what you've been living with your entire life daily. You can, cut, you can cut it down that fast, but it does take that initial work. But I will say the vast majority of human beings will respond very positively when you say, I love you and I like you and you're a good person and I trust you. So I'm going to open up with you. Can we have a more honest relationship that is more reliable and based on values and trust? No, no, thank you. That sounds pretty terrible. Can we go back to lying, please? <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. Very rarely have any of my clients ever come back and said that was the case. And it was usually because they didn't work with me first to pick the right people to open up to. They picked some awful person in their life who'd been manipulating them for years and then they gave it a shot and it, it went poorly. When you pick the right people, it goes amazing. I love that specific dialogue that you said because... Because you could use that. Someone listening could say, like, I love you. I want to connect more deeply. And I, and I feel insecure about this. And, and I'd like to talk about it. And as you said, they're not going to reply, you know, more than likely. No, I don't want that. Or no, let's keep lying. So I love the, the specific dialogue because I find that's helpful when I'm trying to apply things because it's 
these things a lot of times are not natural. We don't, that's why we're here trying to gain this information. So what might be another kind of dialogue or self-talk to someone who's trying to work up that courage or to try to, to keep that practice of instituting the boundaries and in, in being vulnerable? Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. When you work full-time, have kids, and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple-step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy... No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code IDO when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving relationship advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero. .co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing and they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 0 grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie, 
Their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was hero bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any hero bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H-E-R-O dot C-O. So I do teach the I'm an anxious person speech where you go to your best friend or something and you say, you you may not know this about me, you probably do, but I'm an anxious person. I overthink everything. I'm afraid of everything. I'm insecure. I'm really worried about all these things and I hate it and I never want to do it again. So I'm telling you so that you can help me overcome it. Can you still accept me and can we still be friends? That's the anxious attachment speech. Takes 10 seconds and it will be one of the most grueling experiences of your life because you're convinced they're going to throw you out the window to get rid of you. So that's number one. It's it's a it's a very brief conversation, but it does re, re, rebuild neural pathways in the brain. It does change a lot of things for you so that you'll begin believing it's possible to be loved. Your experiential changes will happen. You must experience changes, not just know them. You have to experience it. But number two is keeping to your core boundaries. What I have to be is do this. Set a phone reminder in the morning. I am a person of, and list your three values, honesty, integrity, and compassion. I am a person of honesty, integrity, and compassion. The research shows that if you put something on there that says, I really like honesty, integrity, and compassion, or these are pretty good things, or you know, just list them. If you just do that, you have about a 30% chance of following through. If you make it an identity piece, you have about an 80% chance of following through. So at the beginning of the day, you set that daily identity reminder of your three core values. And at the end of the night, you set a reminder that says, did I uphold my values today? And you have to confront yourself with that question every night before bed. And it's not to beat yourself up, but when you build this in, when you do this for a couple of weeks in the morning, thinking about them, then making your decisions that day based on them, or not, and at the end of the day, confronting how you did and giving yourself a grade, then the next day you say, okay, I will do better tomorrow. Maybe you make up for it. You go and be more honest with that person and admit that you lied. Or maybe you are more courageous the next day in the next circumstance you're in. Whatever it might be, you apply your boundaries stronger the next day, and it adds pain to the end of the day if you break it, but it also adds a lot of pleasure and self-respect when you do keep them. And over time, that drives a lot of change. That is a beautiful practice. So, as we do this, we're, we're healing these wounds. Is is that kind of the process or are there more? Obviously, it's a process and we're not going to just cover everything in this podcast, but that's a beautiful foundation. Now, is there another thing that this anxiously attached person can do? Mm-hmm. Once they give their share their core values and share those, and then they have the I'm an anxious person speech with a couple of people, that begins transforming them and they believe it's possible. But now you have to experience it to start really desensitizing yourself to the fear and terror. And so when you find yourself overthinking something, you must go to the person that's involved and talk it through with them. You know, so-and-so is mad at me. How do you know? I don't know. They just are. Well, stop. Go to that person and say, hey, you remember how I told you I'm an anxious person and I overthink? Yeah, well, I'm doing it right now and I just need to know, is there a problem 
or is it okay? Just tell me. And if it's a problem, we'll fix it. But I'm just laying it on the line here for you. And they'll say, no, it's really okay. And you go, oh, oh, thank goodness. Okay, so I was really wrong. Or they'll say, well, there's kind of a problem. It's not a big one, but yeah, here's this. We got to fix it. Oh, okay. Then you fix it together. And that proves to you that that person actually cares about you enough to solve problems with you. And one slip up is not going to be the end of the world. And as you do this multiple times over a couple of weeks or months with people, it fundamentally shifts how you see relationships and it really calms you down and it makes a really good, safe um, foundation for you so that you can feel like your relationships are going to last. And that's what really changes your life. Does it ever become an issue if someone in that situation is practicing, but they're they're bringing everything and, and it's like a constant bombardment. And, and I don't want to paint that negatively because I'm anxiously attached and, and it can feel like a lot. I try to process some things first, you know, before always just putting them out there. Where's the line there? Is there a line? I get that question from anxiously attached people. They say, where is it too much when people will just have way too much of me? Avoidantly attached people, interestingly, do the opposite. They, they ask much the same, but theirs is, where's the opposite where people will stop caring about me? Um, and they'll shut it down, is what they'll usually ask. And the line is not for you to determine. You won't know. You have to work collaboratively with the other person. That that itself is an attachment issue question of how do I figure out myself alone, silently, in the relationship, what the other person's feeling and thinking? You can't. You have to talk to the other person and say, hey, look, if it's ever too much, please let me know. Please, I don't know where the line is. I could really use your help on that. If it's feeling like too much, let me know. Like I'll, I'll hire a therapist instead. But if there's a problem, I will completely understand. Just tell me because I don't ever want to cross that line. The, the act of saying that is usually enough to build the relationship even more because the other person then opens up their heart even more because now they really want to be with you and be close to you because you're giving them permission to push back. And that's very, very rarely done where people give people permission to build, push back and build their boundaries that are comfortable. So it makes you more valuable instead of less. Before we go on to avoidant attachment, is there anything you want to emphasize or maybe that we didn't mention when it comes to anxious? Only that it can change. Usually when I help people change their attachment styles through coaching or my course or whatever it might be, people come in and say, well, I'm this way and I'm always going to be this way forever. And I say, absolutely not. These are changeable things. You learned them and then you never unlearned them. Now you are unlearning those wrong things and you're learning new skills. That's all you need to do. And then as you apply it and get experience, that will change your attachment style. Please remember if nothing else that you can change your attachment style. Okay, so let's talk. I think I said move on to anxious. Let's talk about avoidant. So where can someone start? It seems like they'll start in the same place as an anxious attachment person. Sort of. Um, avoidantly attached people, the fundamental belief is that other people are incapable of acting morally or ethically when stress is high. They don't believe other people will ever really act properly. They think that they are the only person in this world in this world, who is living to their principles and who is going to make sacrifices to do what's right. Nobody else will. That's their fundamental underlying belief. So they have to endlessly play games with other people to try to make people do what they want. And it's not, not all of them are manipulative. Most of them are not. Most of them are just nerve, what I've called nervous avoidant types, where they just stay away from other people. They don't want to go near other people. They, they just kind of stay back. Their relationships are fairly shallow. They may have a couple of one-night stands. They might have one one-year relationship that just fizzled out. They don't really know why. Um, they're not the manipulators usually. There are some, but they're, they're usually not. The place to start is to meet somebody that you actually believe is possible 
for them to be a moral person when the pro and the stress hits. You need to reach someone and find someone you respect, really respect. And then you need to talk with that person and build a connection with them and see that they're authentic. And then you open up with them about your own insecurities, about how hard it is to trust people and how you don't want to be alone, but you feel very alone even when you're around other people and how you want to change this. So you're going to voluntarily create a situation where they can ask for their needs to get met. And you're going to ask if it's okay for you to just ask for your needs to get met too and see if it's possible. Then the other person will say yes. And then like a scared cat, the avoidant person will run away and hide under the bed for about six months because they've exposed themselves. And now everything, the world's about to end and they wait for the other person to come hunt them down with a brick. And when it doesn't happen, then they emerge slowly from under the bread, under the bed, just like a cat. And they'll creep back to that person and see if it's really okay. And they will test and see, okay, can I really ask for things? I can. Wow. The other person's happy about that. And this is where usually the, the avoidant person says, well, okay. How many things are too many things? Maybe I'm just making you feel good. So, and the other person says, no, it's really okay. The other person asks them for something and says, but it's okay if you need space. If you, if you can't do this for me, it's okay. And they'll say, well, yeah, I'll do that. I really like that. I care about you. I could do that. And they'll do it back. And then they share that reciprocal need sharing over and over and over. And that really builds it out. Then they get terrified again, usually, because now they're feeling happy for the first time. And they hate it because it's scary. And they run under the bed again. And the other person has to be patient with them. And then they creep back out. And then usually that is where they start opening up and trusting a couple of people. And they they build that out with a, a partner, with some friends, maybe a sister or a brother. And they don't need to build with 20 people. You know, three or three, two, three, four people is a pretty good amount for most people who are who are fixing this. But especially with avoidant, it's kind of a miracle to have four, three or four people that they could fully trust. It is a process of pulling away and it's a process of making sure that people know you're going to pull away and then learning through pulling away that they don't chase you. They are okay. And when you come back, they're not mad. They're just happy that you're back and that everything's on the table so nothing is hidden anymore. That's what avoidant people need to see because then they can say, wow, there are people who actually live what they preach and there's people who live to their values and there's people who, when it's stressful, I can still trust them. I'm okay and I'm safe. That's what they need to see. This is why most avoidant people who hear about me on this podcast, hi, avoidant people, um, you're probably going to hear this and say, this guy's a, a schmuck. He's pitching something. I better look him up. And you're going to spend the next three to six months researching me in depth, trying to figure out if I've ever had scandals or you know if I've got someone buried in my backyard. And slowly, you're going to read my stuff and say, okay, maybe he's legit. Then you're going to watch 300 YouTube videos of me and say, okay, he's saying the same things. Maybe he's okay. And then you'll slowly creep in and then you'll schedule a session with with me. We'll, we'll, we'll work together. And then I won't see you for six months because you'll run away and be high and hide. And that's very common. Very, very common for that to happen. Same thing in a loving relationship with an avoidant person. They need space to run away and come back on their own. And that's that's generally how avoidance works, not not including the manipulative pieces of, of some of them. How would you encourage an avoidant client? How would you coach them to work up that courage to, to have that first conversation with the person that they're going to try to gain more trust in? That's a good question because it's terrifying. It's terrifying for them. They are just as scared as the anxiously attached people. Anxious attachers don't realize that avoidant people are just as terrified as you are. So many anxiously attached people say, dang, I wish I was avoidant. It just seems so much easier. It's not. It's just as much terror and fear. So <laughs> the grass is not green. The grass is brown and dying over there because no one's watering it. So um, that's what I tell them. I say, you know, the grass is 
brown where you are. You're not getting the love that you need. You are unhappy. That's where they usually come to me. They're not usually, they don't even track it as a problem that's solvable until they realize how unhappy they are. And then they say, I'm actually really unhappy. And I don't, I don't want this to be like this anymore. And I say, it doesn't have to be like this anymore. There is a better system. And it sounds like I'm selling you something, but it's true. There's a better way of living and you can see it with some people. And the people who have it built it on purpose. It's not by accident and it's not always fake. You build it by connecting with people and it's just a system you never learned and you only have to do it with one person. Can you have that conversation? They go, okay, yeah, I can I can have that talk with them. And they will. The, by and large, avoid anxious people will avoid conversations because they're so terrified. They'll eventually do them. Avoidant people will do it. When they're ready, they'll finally say yes and commit to it and then they'll usually do it. Um, it's just a matter of, I am very unhappy now. I don't have to be unhappy anymore. I actually believe it's possible. Okay, let's do it. It's getting them to believe it's possible, which is the biggest problem, to be honest. Let's talk a little bit about the anxious avoidant dynamic. So we covered great foundation for healing both of these attachment styles in a little over 20 minutes, but so much value there. And, and obviously, there's a lot that we could dig into a whole podcast series just on each attachment style. But often an anxious attachment and an avoidant attachment will find each other and they'll create these negative cycles. Let's talk about that and how we can navigate those dynamics better. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Hey, Love Tribe. I just want to ask you a few questions. I want to know why you guys are here. Are you here because you want to stop bickering with your partner? Do you want to feel truly heard? Are you looking for ways to reignite your sex life? Or do you want to feel more emotionally connected with your partner? And let's not forget about the fun. Do you long for those fun, giggly moments at the beginning of your relationship? Over the last decade of hosting this podcast with Chase, these have been our top questions. And we get it. We've been there. And that's why we created Spark My Relationship course, because we wanted to put the tools to unlocking a fulfilling relationship right in your hands. So we're offering this course, Spark My Relationship, for only $100 until April 6th. In less than 90 days, this self-paced course will help you create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner all while having fun doing it. We've collaborated with over 15 psychologists and therapists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. This offer is only going to last until Saturday, April 6th. So head on over to our website, sparkmyrelationship.com and use the code FLASH24 at checkout to get the course for only $100. That's nearly 60% off and it won't last. The sale ends April 6th. That's sparkmyrelationship.com and use the code FLASH24 to get our course for only $100. Hey, Love Tribe. I have just a few questions for you. I want to know why you are here listening to the podcast. Are you here because you want to stop bickering with your partner? and you want to feel truly heard? Or are you looking for ways to reignite your sex life? Or do you want to feel more emotionally connected with your partner? Or do you just long for those fun, giggly moments of connection that you used to have at the beginning of your relationship? 
Well, over the last decade of hosting this podcast, those were the main reasons people tuned into the show. And we get it. We've been there. So we created our course, Spark My Relationship, because we wanted to put those tools to unlocking a fulfilling relationship right in your hands. We're offering $100 off our course, Spark My Relationship, which is a self-paced course designed to help you create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner and have an amazing time doing it. We've collaborated with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. So to unlock this special offer of our course, our listeners can visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to get $100 off. That's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. So usually... Usually the avoidant person does something called love bombing and it may not be on purpose, but it is their version of, of making someone else like them. It is mimicking the, the feeling of being in love to you. They, they, they appear to be in love to you. So they give you endless attention, kindness, compliments, gifts, all kinds of things that make it look like they are deeply in love with you and want to be around you all the time. And an anxiously attached person is overwhelmingly craving this feeling, but has never believed they'll ever get it. So it's the sweetest drug on earth. And it actually releases a lot of oxytocin into their brain. And they become oxytocin addicted to the avoidant person. And they crave that bond with the, with the avoidant person overwhelmingly. Then what happens is the anxious person, because they can't just calmly say, hey, you know what? We have a great relationship. Can we go to the next level? Can we build this out? What does that look like? What do you need from me? How can I help you? What can we do together? They go, you know, well, I, I have to earn your love and approval all the time. So they run around this, the, avo the avoidant person in circles like a big puppy dog all the time, craving head pats and approval because they think that the person's going to abandon them and leave them. Like, I don't deserve all this love you're giving me. I've done nothing to earn it. So I got to, like, I don't leave me. Please don't ever leave me. And the avoidant person, Continues to feed them good feelings, but kind of gets more nervous each time. Like, okay, it's getting kind of intense. Like you're 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 climbing my leg now. You're like holding on to me. You're smothering me. You're breathing in my face. What are you? This is this is way too much. And it is very much like the stereotypical cat and the stereotypical dog. Of this is way too much. I didn't sign up for this. I've given you so many good feelings, but why can't you give me the space I need? So then when the avoidant person starts pulling back, like I'm scared, I'm nervous, you're getting too close. I don't want you to get in and accidentally hurt me or maybe purposely hurt me. They start backing off. It freaks the avoidant, the anxious person out because they are chemically addicted to that person's approval, the oxytocin that they don't know how to get anywhere else and didn't get as a child, most likely. So they hunt that person down like a serial killer. Then they will not let go. They chase, they pursue. Then they drive the avoidant person out the window and, and over the glen and, and through the mountains. And the avoidant person is just running, running, running. Sometimes they'll blame the anxious person and say, well, it's you, you're doing this or this or this, and you don't do this enough, and you don't wear your hair like this anymore, and you don't do... And they'll throw out all kinds of things because they can't just say, I'm scared of vulnerability and I'm scared of intimacy, and this is really frightening me. They can't just say that because they're afraid it'll be used against them and they'll get hurt. And the anxious person can't say, 
you know, I'm really afraid that you're pulling away and it feels like it's my fault. I don't know what to do. It's just scaring me. What can we do to come back together? Because they'll say, if I say that, they'll realize that it is my fault. Then they'll abandon me. The only thing holding this together is me not asking questions. So I just have to earn more approval and be more desperate. That'll show them how much I love them. So they overwhelm the, the avoidant person who continues to run. And when, if the anxious person gets tired, and says, I just can't do this anymore. I'm burning out. I'm exhausted. Maybe it's not me. Maybe it's actually them. The avoidant person goes, oh no, they're not chasing me anymore. They might leave. Well, I just have to throw out a little bit and they throw out the breadcrumb, just a little bit of breadcrumb along the ground. And the anxious person goes, and it rekindles the, the oxytocin addiction and they start chasing again. And the avoidant person says, oh no, what have I done? And they take off running again to try to escape. And this is this is a cycle that I see sometimes for eight years. Uh, you know, a woman comes in and says, Adam, I've been with my boyfriend for eight years. Do you think he's ever going to talk about marriage? And I say, you haven't even talked about marriage? No, I haven't brought it up because that'll scare him. But we're at eight years now and I'd kind of like to talk about the idea of marriage. And and he's avoidant as crap. And it's they keep he keeps running away and almost breaking up with her. And they've been doing it for eight years. That's usually that cycle that I've seen over and over and over. So ah, that's it. It's exhausting to hear about <laughs> and it's exhausting to live it out. So. Yeah, yeah, it is. And and it seems common. And I think the the anecdote is understanding, is listening to the this podcast and, and understanding yourself, understanding the tools to navigate that dynamic better and to heal ourselves. Because if we are able to heal ourselves, we're going to be able to stop that dynamic. We're going to be able to, you know, halt it instead of just this downward spiral that, that can happen for eight years. It can happen for the entire length of a 50-year marriage if, if they stay together and don't drive each other crazy. So yeah, it's it's so important. And you've laid a beautiful foundation to, to gain that understanding. Are there any things that stick out? Because there's so many different scenarios and dynamics here, but in the spiral, this negative cycle that can help people kind of snap out of it or not snap out of it, that's, that's too easy. But something you would tell them to to break this pattern. Mm -hmm. Well, like you nailed it. Understanding that this is not our way of living, that this is an abnormal situation we have got ourselves into based on wrong beliefs from childhood, probably based on generational family systems. Your family, your parents didn't know how to give you the love, so they didn't give it to you. But your brain said, they didn't give me love because I didn't deserve it or because no one on earth is capable of it. And you misunderstood the lessons that were taught to you early on and you've carried them forward. Learning to challenge those is the absolute core of this because when you can say, this isn't right and there's maybe better out there, that's half the battle already won. Because if you have that belief, then you could say, okay, well, what would I have to do to get different results? Well, I would need different skills and I would need to use them a little bit differently. And I need different communication. I would need to be a little more clear. Well, then I'm going to have to be comfortable being more clear. And I'm going to have to have a partner who is comfortable receiving things more clearly. And I have to be able to talk about my needs and my fears when I'm experiencing them so I don't just assume or chase or run. And they need to be able to talk about their fears when they're having those problems so they don't assume or chase or run. And if we can just talk and be honest and clear 
and we can solve the problem together. And that actually not just prevents us from breaking up, but solving problems together starts to bond you together. There's a separate hormone that releases when you solve problems together. And then as you do that, it makes you like each other more. So then you start doing more of the oxytocin bonding on purpose that is legitimate instead of just, you know, the fake stuff from, from love bombing. And then you like each other. So you are solving problems in advance when they're small. You're having communications about needs and problems. And you are bonding to each other and feeling warm and nurtured and cared for. And it's all on the table and nothing is unspoken. And it's all very clear. As you fix that, it all begins with understanding and then picking up skills and then finding a partner who understands and has the skills or will learn the skills. And that's really the process. It's it's just a pathway you never learned. Why might a, an anxious or avoidantly attached person be scared in a relationship with a securely attached person? Ooh, because <laughs> number one, they're very intimidating because they are right in your face about everything, it feels like. They're right in your face about everything. They're so clear. Nobody is this honest. They must have a secret motive behind it. And they are so blunt and right up front and you have nowhere to run and nowhere to hide. All you can do is run screaming from the conversation. And they set your pulse like hammering every time they try to talk to you about anything. And sometimes they seem boring. Sometimes they seem uninterested. Sometimes you don't see the love bombing that you would expect from them. So then you think they don't like you at all because they're not they're not manipulating you. Well, that's all. Why wouldn't they want to manipulate me? That's terrible. They should like me. They're just they're just listening to me and trying to build a life with me slowly. That's horrible. But people do. They feel they pass these partners by and you self-select out of those relationships and they self-select away from you because they see your behaviors as well that flag difficult or confusing for them. This is why most people with attachment issues self-select out of relationships and friendships with securely attached people. It's almost like two different worlds. And they're terrifying. They're terrifying and confusing to both sides, so they just select out. When you start swapping your skills out, you find, you realize these people aren't boring. They move slower on purpose because they will bond much deeper for much longer, and they're making sure the investment is a sound and safe one. That's all. They take their time, but they're very interested in you. Their interest comes in the form of asking curious questions about you and sharing little things with you more and more as they open up. There's a lot of little layers to get through. It's not one big layer and then you're in and it's wonderful until it explodes. If you can understand that, then you don't also have to be intimidated by them because you can answer their questions honestly. You can share your needs with them and you can flag for them that you are a good, safe person for them to connect to. That's how you make the switch from connecting to unhealthy people that may hurt you to connecting to good people who actually will care about you and then help you build better relationships. And once you make that jump and you're in the land of the secure, Everything starts to change because you see, wow, this is this is what my everything, my neurology, my central nervous system, everything was built for this. The other piece was nightmare land, and my my my. Then no wonder my my nervous system was freaking out all the time. This is what I'm built for, and then you start relaxing, and life actually becomes enjoyable at that point instead of just survival mode. I wanted to have you share that as you did so perfectly because. Yeah, it, we can be in a great relationship and not even see it because we're like, well, I don't deserve this kind of love. Why aren't they love bombing me? As you said, and that's kind of the the irony or the messed up part about these attachment wounds is it's right in front of us. And this person is loving us and we're not able to 
maybe receive it or even see it. So it's just so valuable to hear this and to have this information because someone listening might be like, wow, yeah, you know what? That That's me. And and it's not a switch that can be flipped, but it, it does seem like if, if we have this information, we can make a very deliberate and conscious choice to heal our wounds and to to kind of just take this new perspective and uh, it can be so valuable and so healing. That's it. You you made a decision when you were a little kid that you probably don't remember. And as you learn about attachment as an adult, you finally have the ability to confront that decision and decide if you want to keep it or change it. Can you really open up with other human beings to give and receive love or can you not? You can make an adult informed decision instead of a child decision that has shaped you. That's exactly the work. You change your you change your mind and you change your reality. Well, Adam, I think we covered a lot and and I really enjoyed this conversation. I got like two pages of notes I've just been scribbling. I'm going to have to re-listen to this because there's so much valuable stuff here. So thank you so much. Before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? And if there's anything that we skipped over or maybe you want to emphasize, and then we'll say goodbye. Oh, sure. So I'm on adamlanesmith.com, adamlanesmith.com. I have my coaching. I have my course. I have a private community on there for people who want to meet other people of secure attachment and see that it's legit. If you're avoiding out there and you want to jump in my community and see if I'm real or not, or if I'm just a cult leader, you can do that. I will happily talk with you and and, and connect with you in there and show, and give you the patience and time that you need. Um, I have books on, on my website as well. Slaying Your Fear is, is one of the biggest books that really launched everything for me and, and shows a lot of people about how to fix your anxious attachment, your insecurity. And the number one thing I want to tell people is this. You can fix your attachment styles. Now you have listened to this and you probably have some hope. Think about it. Don't let this moment pass you by. Start learning about attachment. You've learned about it on this, on this show a lot, it sounds like, which is wonderful. We need more of this in the world. Think about some steps that you would like to take and some people you would like to get closer to and then start letting that guide you in that direction of really fixing it because you totally can. Well, Adam, thank you so much. We'll have those links in our show notes as well as links to the quizzes in the previous episodes that I mentioned that we've covered attachment. This has been a a beautiful episode. I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for taking the time. Thank you for having me here. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, we really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done 
in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.